0: Hello, my name is Isaac, and today we'll be reading Percy Jackson and the Titans' Curse, Chapter 14. I have a damn problem. At the edge of the dump, we found a tow truck. Tow truck? So old it might have been thrown away itself. But the engine started, and it had a full tank of fuel. So we decided to borrow it. Thalia drove. She didn't seem as stunned as Zoe or Grover or me. The skeletons are still out there," she reminded us. "We need to keep moving." She navigated. She navigated us through the desert under clear blue skies. The sun so bright it hurt to look at. Zoe sat up in front of Dahlia. Sat up front with Dahlia. Grover and I sat in the back, leaning, leaning against the tow winch. The air was cold and dry, but the nice weather just seemed like an insult after losing Bianca. My hand closed around the little figurine that had cost Bianca her life. I couldn't- I still couldn't believe what god it was supposed to be. Nico would know. Oh gods, what was I going to tell Nico? I wanted to believe that Bianca was still out there somewhere, but I had a bad feeling that she was gone for good. It should have been me, I said. I should have gone into the giant. Don't say that! Grover panicked. It's bad enough Annabeth is gone, and now Bianca- Do you think I could stand it if... He sniffled. Do you think anybody else would be my best friend? Uh, Grover. He wiped... He wiped under his eye with an oily cloth that left his face grimy like he had war paint on it. I'm... I'm okay. But he wasn't okay. Ever since the encounter in New Mexico, whatever had happened with when that wind blew through... He seemed really fragile, even more emotional than usual. I was afraid to talk to him about it, because he might start bawling. At least there was one good thing about having a friend who gets freaked out more than you do. I realized I couldn't stay depressed. I had to set aside thinking about Bianca and keep on going forward, the way Thalia was doing. I wondered what she and Zoe were talking about in the front of the truck. A tow truck ran out of fuel at the edge of a river canyon. That was just as well, because the road dead-ended. Talia got out and slammed the door. Immediately, one of the tires blew. Great! What now? I scanned the horizon. There wasn't much to see. Desert in all direction, and occasional clumps of barren mountains popped here and there. The canyon was the only thing interesting. The river itself wasn't very big, maybe 50 meters across, Green water with a few rapids, but it carved a huge scar out of the desert. The rock cliffs dropped away below us. There's a path, Grover said. We could get to the river. I tried to see what he was talking about and finally noticed a tiny ledge winding down the cliff face. That's a goat path, I said. So? he asked. The rest of us aren't goats. We can make it, Grover said. I think. I thought about that. I'd done cliffs before, but I didn't like them. Then I looked over at Thalia and saw how pale she'd got. Her problem with heights? She'd never be able to do it. No, I said. I uh, think we should go further upstream. Grover said, but... Come on, I said. The walk won't hurt us. I glanced at Thalia. Her eyes said a quick, thank you. We followed the river for about half a mile before coming to an easier slope that led down to the water. On the shore was a canoe rental... Operation that was closed for the season, but I left a stack of golden drachmas on the can- counter and a note saying, I owe you two canoes. We need to go upstream, Zoe said. It was the first time I'd heard her speak since the junkyard, and I was worried about how bad she sounded, like somebody with a flu. The rapids are too swift. Leave that to me. We put the canoes in the water. Thalia pulled me aside as we were getting the oars. Thanks for back there. Don't mention it. Can you really... She nodded to the rapids. You know. I think so. Usually I'm good with water. Would you take Zoe? She asked. I, um, think maybe you can talk to her. She's not gonna like that. Please? I don't know. If you... If I... I don't know if I can stand being in the same boat with her. She's, um... She's starting to worry me. It was about the last thing I wanted to do, but I nodded. Dahlia's shoulders relaxed. I owe you one, two, one and a half. Dahlia said. She smiled, and for a second, I remembered that I actually liked the, her when she wasn't yelling at me. She turned and helped Grover get into the canoe and the get the, their canoe into the water. As it turned out, I didn't even have to control the currents. As soon as we got in the river, I, I looked over the edge of the boat and found a couple of naiads staring at me. They looked like regular teenage girls, the kind you'd see in any mall, except for the fact for the fact that they were underwater. "Hey," I said. They may, made a bubbling sound that might have been giggling. I'm not sure. I had a hard time understanding naiads. "We're heading upstream," I told them. "Do you think you could" Before I could even finish, the naiads the naiads each chose a canoe and began pushing up the river. We, start, we started so fast, Grover fell into his canoe with his hooves sticking up in the air. I hate naiads. Zoe grumbled. The stream of water squirted up from the back of the boat and hit Zoe in the face. She devils! Zoe went for her bow. Whoa, I said. They're just playing. Cursed water spirits, Lord, they've never forgiven me. Forgive you for what? She slung her bow over her shoulder. It was a long time ago, never mind. We sped up the river, the cliffs looming up on either side of us. What happened to Bianca wasn't your fault, I told her. It was my fault. I let her go. I figured this would give Zoe an excuse to start yelling at me. At least that might shake her out of feeling depressed. Instead, her shoulders slopped. No, Prissy. I pushed her into going this quest. I was too anxious. She was a powerful half-blood. She had a kind heart as well. I... I thought she could be the next lieutenant. "'But you're the lieutenant.' "'She gripped the strap of her quiver. "'She looked more tired than I'd ever seen her. "'Nothing can last forever, Percy. "'Over two thousand years I have led the hunt, "'and my wisdom has not improved. "'Now Artemis herself is in danger.' "'Look, you can't blame yourself for that. "'If I had insisted on going with her, "'you think you could have fought something power enough to kidnap Artemis? "'There's nothing you could have done.' Louis didn't answer. "'The cliffs along the river were getting taller.' Long shadows fell across the water, making me a lot colder, even though the day was bright. Without thinking about it, I took a riptide out of my pocket. Zoe looked at the pen, and her expression was pained. You made this, I said. Who told thee? I had a dream about it. She studied me. I was sure she was going to call me crazy, but she just sighed. It was a gift, and a mistake. Who was the hero? I asked. Zoe shook her head. Don't make me say his name. I swore never to speak it again. You act like I should know him. I'm sure you do, hero. Don't you all boys want to be just like him? Her voice was so bitter, I decided not to ask what she meant. I looked down at Riptide, and for the first time, I wondered if it was cursed. Your mother was a water goddess? I asked. Yes, Pleione. She had five daughters, my sisters and I, the Hesperides. Those were the girls who lived in the garden at the edge of the west, with a golden apple tree and a dragon guarding it. Yes, Zoe said wistfully, laid on. But weren't there only four sisters? There are now. I was exiled, forgotten, blotted out as I never existed. Why? Zoe pointed to my pen. Because it betrayed my family and helped the hero. You won't find that in the legend either. He never never spoke of me. And his direct assault alone failed. I gave him the idea of how to steal the apples and how to trick my father, but he took all the credit. But, gurgle, gurgle, the nade, the nade spoke in my mind. The canoe was slowing down. I looked ahead, but, ahead and I saw why. This f- was as far as they could take us. The river was blocked. A dam the size of a football field stadium stood in our path. Hoover Dam, I said. It's huge. We stood at the river's edge and looking up at a curve of concrete that loomed between the cliffs. People were walking along the top of the dam. They were so tiny they looked like fleas. The Naiads had left with a lot of grumbling. Not in words I could understand, but it was obvious they hated this dam blocking up their nice river. Our canoes floated down, back downstream, swirling in the wake from the dam's itch discharge vents. Over 200 meters tall. I said, built in the 1930s. Five million cubic ma- acres of water, Thalia said. Grover's side. Last construct, largest construction project in the United States. So he stared at us. How do you know all that? Wait, she said you? What? Okay. How do you know all that? Annabeth, I said. She liked architecture. She was nuts about monuments, Thalia said. Spouted facts all the time, Grover sniffled. So annoying. I wish she were there, I said. I wish she were here, I said. The others nodded. Zoe was still looking at us strangely, but I didn't care. It seemed like cruel fate would come to Hoover Dam, one of Annabeth's personal favorites, when she wasn't here to see it. We should go up there, I said, for her sake, just to say we've been. You are mad so we decided. But that's where the road is. She pointed to a huge parking garage next to the top of the dam, and so sightseeing it is. We had to walk for almost an hour before we could find a path that led up to the road. It came up on the east side of the river, then we straggled back towards the dam. It was cold and windy on top. On one side, a big lake spread out, ringed by barren desert mountains. On the other side... The dam dropped away like the world's most dangerous skateboard ramp, down to the river where to more than 200 meters below, and water that churned from the dam's vents. Dahlia walked in the middle of the road, far away from the edges. Grover kept sniffing the wind and looking nervous. He didn't say anything, but I knew he smelled monsters. How close are they? I asked him. He shook his head. Maybe not close. The wind on the deck. The wind on the dam, the desert all around us. The sand can probably carry a few miles, but it's coming from several directions. I don't like that. I didn't either. It was already Wednesday, only two days until Winter this, and we still had a long way to go. We didn't need any more monsters. There's a snack bar in the visitor's center, Dahlia said. You've been here before? I asked. Once, to see the Guardians. She pointed to the far end of the dam. Carved into the side of the cliff was a little plaza with two big bronze statues. They looked like kind of Oscar statues with wings. They were dedicated to Zeus when the dam was built, Thalia said, a gift from Athena. Tourists were clustered all around them. They seemed to be looking at the statue's feet. "'What are they doing?' I asked. "'Rubbing the toes,' Thalia said. "'They think it's good luck. "'Why?' She shook her head. "'Mortals get crazy ideas.' They don't know the statues are sacred to Zeus, but they know there's something special about them. When you were here last, did you... Did they talk to you or anything? Thalia's expression darkened. I could tell that she'd come here hoping for exactly that. Some kind of sign from her dad. Some connection. No, they don't do anything. They're just big metal statues. I thought about the last big metal statue we'd run into. That hadn't gone so well, but I said not to bring it up. Let us find the damn snack bar, Zoe said. We should eat while we can. Curver cracked a smile. The damn snack bar? Zoe blinked. Yes. What is funny? Nothing, Grover said, trying to keep a straight face. I could use some damn French fries. Even Thalia smiled at that. And I need to use the damn restroom. Maybe it was the fact that we were so tired and strung out emotionally. But I started cracking up, and Thalia and Grover joined in, while Zoe just looked at us. I do not understand. I want to use the damn water fountain, Grover said, and (laughs) Thalia tried to catch her breath. I want to buy a damn shirt. I cracked up, and I probably would have kept laughing all day, but then I heard a noise. Moo! The smile melted off my face. I wondered if the noise was just in my head, but Grover had stopped laughing too. He was looking around, confused. Did I just hear a cow? A damn cow! Dahlia <laughs> laughed. No, Grover said. I'm I'm serious. Zoe listened. I hear nothing. Dahlia was looking at me. Percy, are you okay? Yeah, I said. Y- you guys go ahead. I'll be right in. What's wrong? Grover asked. Nothing, I said. I. I just need a minute to think. They hesitated, but I guess they mu- I must have looked upset, because they finally went into the visitor center without me. As soon as they were gone, I jogged to the north edge of the dam and looked over. Moo! She was about ten meters below in the lake, but I could see her clearly, my friend from Long Island Sound, Bessie the cow serpent. I looked around. There were groups of kids running Running along the dam, a lot of scenery citizens, some families, but nobody seemed to be paying Bessie any attention yet. What are you doing here? I asked her. Moo Her voice was urgent like she was trying to warn me of something. How did you get here? I asked. We're thousands of miles from long Island from Long Island, hundreds of mile in, hundreds of miles inland. There's no way you could have swum all that way, and yet here she was. Beside, Bessie Bessie swam in a circle and butted her head against the side of the dam. Moo! She wanted me to come with her. She was telling me to hurry. I can't, I told her. My friends are inside. She looked at me with her sad brown eyes. Then she gave one more urgent. Moo! Did a flip and disappeared into the water. I hesitated. Something was wrong. She was trying to tell me that. I considered jumping over the side and following her, but then I tensed. The hairs on my arms bristled. I looked down the dam road to the east, and I saw two men walking slowly towards me. They were gray camouflage outfits that flickered over skeletal bodies. They passed through a group of kids and pushed them aside. The kid yelled, Hey! One of the warriors turned, his face changing momentarily into a skull. Ah! The kid yelled and his whole group backed away. I ran for the visitor center. I was almost at the stairs when I heard tires squeal. On the west side of the dam, a black van sewered to a stop in the middle of the road, nearly plowing into some old people. The van doors opened, and more skeletal warriors piled out. I was surrounded. I bolted down the stairs and through the museum entrance. The security guard who was at the metal detector yelled, Hey, kid! But I didn't stop. I ran through the exhibits and ducked behind a tour group. I looked for my friends, but I couldn't see them anywhere. Where was the damn snack bar? Stop! The metal detector guy yelled. There was no, there was no place to go but in an elevator with a tour group. I ducked inside just as the door closed. We'll be going down 222 meters, our tour, our tour guide said cheerfully. She was a park ranger with a long... Black, pulled back in a... Long, long black hair, pulled black back in a ponytail, in tinted glasses. I guess she hadn't noticed that I was being chased. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, the elevator hardly ever breaks. This this go to the snack bar? I asked her. A few people behind me chuckled. The tour guide looked at me. Something about her gaze made my skin tingle. To the turbines, young man, the lady said. Weren't you listening to my fascinating spit... Presentation upstairs. Oh, uh, sure. Is there another way out of the dam? It is a dead end. The tourist behind me said, "For heaven's sake, the only way is out. Out is the other elevator." The door opened. Go right ahead, folks. The tour guide told us. Another ranger is waiting for you at the end of the corridor. I didn't have much choice to go, but to go with the tour group. And young man, the tour guide called. I looked back. She'd taken off her glasses. Her eyes were startling gray like storm clouds. There is always a way out for those clever enough to find it. The door be- doors behind me closed with a, with a tour guide still inside, leaving me alone. Before I could think too much about the woman in the elevator, a ding came from around the corner. The second elevator was opening, and I heard the unmist- an unmistakable sound. The clattering of skeletal teeth. I ran after the tour group through a tunnel carved out of solid rock. It seemed to run forever. The walls were moist, and the air humid with electricity, and hummed with electricity and the roar of water. I came out on a U-shaped balcony that overlooked this huge waterhouse area. Fifty meters below, enormous turbines were running. It was a big room, but I didn't see any other exits. I I wanted to jump into the turbines and get churned up to make electricity. I didn't. Another tour guide was talking over the microphone, telling the tourists about water supplies in Nevada. I prayed that Thalia, Zoe, and Grover were okay. They might have already been captured or eating at the snack bar completely unaware that they were being surrounded. And stupid me. I trapped myself in a hole a couple of hundred meters below the surface. I worked my way around the crowd, trying not to be too obvious about it. There was a hallway at the other side of the balcony, maybe some place I could hide. I kept my hand on Riptide, ready to strike. By the time I got to the opposite side of the balcony, my nerves were shot. I backed into the little hallway and watched the tunnel I'd come from. Then right behind me, I heard a sharp, (laughs) just like the voice of a skeleton. Without thinking... I uncapped Riftite and spun, slashing with my sword. Sword. The girl had just tried to slice in half, yelled, and dropped her Kleenex. Oh my god! She shouted. Do you always kill people when they blow their nose? First thing that went through my head was that the sword didn't hurt her. If it passed through, clean through her body harmlessly. You're mortal! She looked at me in disbelief. What's that supposed to mean? Of course I'm mortal. How do you get that sword past security? I didn't. Wait, you can see the sword? The girl rolled her eyes, which seemed like, which were green like mine. She had frizzy frizzy reddish brown hair. Her nose was also red, like she had a cold. She wore a big maroon, maroon Harvard sweatshirt and jeans that were covered with marker stains and, and litter holes, like she spent her free time poking them with a fork. Well, it's either a sword or the biggest toothpicks in the world, she said. Why didn't it hurt me? I mean, the... I mean, not that I'm complaining. Who are you? And whoa, what are you wearing? Is that made of lion fur? She asked so many questions so fast, it was like she was throwing rocks at me. I, could thi- I couldn't think of what to say. I looked up my sleeves to see if the Namenian lion pelt had somehow changed back to fur, but it still looked like a brown winter coat to me. I knew the skeletal warriors were still chasing me. I had no time to waste, but I just st- stared at the red-headed girl. Then I remembered that Thalia had had done it. Westover Hall to fool the teachers. Maybe I could manipulate the mist. I concentrated hard and snapped my fingers. "You don't see a girl," you don't see a sword," I told the girl. "It's just a ballpoint pen." She blinked. "Um, no, it's a sword, weirdo. Who are you?" I demanded. She huffed indignantly. "Rachel Elizabeth Dare. Now, are you going to ask my?" answer my question or should i scream for security no i said i mean i'm kind of in a hurry i'm in trouble in a hurry or in trouble um sort of both she looked over my shoulder and her eyes winded widened bathroom what bathroom bind me now i didn't know why but i listened to her i slipped inside the boy's bathroom and left rachel elizabeth there standing outside later that seemed cowardly to me. I was also pretty sure it saved my life. I heard the clattering, hissing sounds of skeletons as they came closer. My grip tightened on Riptide. What was I thinking? I'd left a mortal out there to die. I was preparing to burst out and fight when Rachel Elizabeth there started talking in that rapid-fire machine gun way of hers. Oh my god, did you see that kid? It's about time you got here. He tried to kill me. He had a sword. For god's sake, your security guard's... Your security you guys let a sword swing the lunatic inside a national landmark? I need. Mean, jeez! You ran that way towards those turbine thingies. I mean, he went over the sides or something. Maybe he fell. The skeletons clattered excitedly. I heard them moving off. Rachel opened the door. All clear, but you probably hurry. She looked shaken. Her face was gray and sweaty. I peeked around the corner. Three skeleton warriors were running through the other end of the balcony. The The way to the elevator was clear for a few seconds. I owe you one, Rachel Elizabeth Dare. What are those things? I asked. They looked like skeletons. She nodded uneasily. Do yourself a favor, I said. Forget it. Forget you ever saw me. Forget you tried to kill me? Yeah, that too. But who are you? Percy, I started to say. Then the skeleton warriors turned around. Gotta go! What kind of name is Percy Gotta Go? I bolted for the exit. The cafe was packed with kids enjoying the best part of the tour, the damn lunch. Thalia, Zori, and Grover were sitting down with their food. We need to leave, I gasped. No, but we just got our burritos, Thalia said. So he stood up, murt- muttering, muttering an ancient Greek curse. He is right, look. The cafe windows wrapped all around, all the way around the observation floor, which gave us beautiful panoramic view of the skeleton army that had come to kill us i counted two on at least on the east side of the damn road blocking the way to arizona three three more on the west side guarding the nevada all of them were armed with batons and pistols but our immediate problem was a lot closer the the three skeleton warriors who had been chasing me in the turbine room now appeared on the stairs. They saw me from across the cafeteria and clattered their teeth. Elevator! Grover said. We bolted in that direction, but the doors opened with a pleasant DING! and three more warriors stepped out. Every warrior was accounted for, minus the one that Bianca had blasted to flames in New Mexico. We were completely surrounded. Then Grover had a brilliant, totally Grover-like idea. Burrito fight! He yelled and flung his guacamole grenade at the nearest skeleton. Now, if you've ever been hit by a flying burrito, count yourself- If you haven't been hit, count yourself lucky. In terms of deadly projectiles, it's right up there with grenades and cannonballs. Grover's lunch hit the skeleton and knocked his skull clean off his shoulders. I'm not sure what the other kids in the cafe saw, but they went crazy started throwing the burritos in the baskets of chips and soda at each other, shrieking and screaming. The skeletons tried to aim their guns, but but it was hopeless. Bodies and food and drinks were flying everywhere. In the chaos, Dahlia and I tackled the other two skeletons on the stairs and sent them flying into the condiment table. Then we all raced downstairs, guacamole grenades whizzing past our head. What now? Grover asked as we burst outside. I didn't have an answer. The warriors on the road were closing in from either direction. We ran across the street to the plaza with the winged bronze statues, but that that just put our backs to the mountain. The skeleton warriors moved, forming a crest round us. Their brethren from the café were running up to join them. One was still putting its skull back on its shoulders. Another was covered in ketchup and mustard. Two more had burritos lodged in their rib rib cages. They didn't look happy about it. They drew batons and advanced. Four against eleven. Zo, four against eleven. Zoe muttered, and they cannot die. It's been nice adventuring with you guys, Grover said, his voice trembling. Some something shiny caught the corner of my eye. I glanced behind me at the shi- statue's feet. Whoa. I said, "Those t- "'Their toes are really bright.' "'Percy!' Dahlia said, "'This isn't the right time!' But I couldn't help staring at the two giant bronze guys with tall, bal- blotted, ed win wings like little letter-openers. They were weathered brown except for their toes, which shone like new pennies from all the times people had rubbed them for good luck. "'Good luck. The blessing of Zooks!' "'I thought about the tour guide on the elevator.' Her grey eyes and her smile. What did she say? There's always a way for those who are clever enough to find it. Thalia? I said, pray to your dad. She glared at me. He never answers. Just this once, I pleaded. Ask for help. I think... I think the statues can give us some luck. Six skeletons raised their guns. The other five came forward with batons. Fifteen meters away ten meters away. Do it, I yelled. No, Thalia said. He won't answer me. This time is different. Who says? I hesitated. Athena, I think. Thalia scowled at me like she was sure I'd gone crazy. Try it, Grover pleaded. Thalia closed her eyes. Her lips moved in a silent prayer. I put my own prayer to Annabeth's mom, hoping it was right about that I'd That it had been her in the elevator. That she was trying to help us save her daughter. And nothing happened. The skeletons closed in. I raised Riptide to defend myself. Thalia held up her shield. So we pushed Grover behind her and aimed an arrow at a skeleton's head. A shadow fell over me. I thought maybe it was the shadow of death. Then I realized it was the shadow of an enormous wing. The skeletons looked up too late. A flash of bronze, and all five of the baton wielders were swept aside. The other skeletons opened fire. I raised my lion coat for protection, but I didn't need it. The bronze angels stepped in front of us and folded their wings like shields. Bullets pinged off them like rain off a corru- corrugated roof. Both angels flashed outwards, and the skeletons went flying across the road. Man, it feels good to stand up, the first angel said. His voice was sounded tinny and ru- tiny and rusty, like he hadn't had a drink since he'd been built. Will you look my toes, the other one said. Holy Zeus, what were those tourists thinking? Stunned as I was by the angels, I was more concerned with the skeletons. A few of them were getting up again, reassembling, bony hands groping for their weapons. Trouble, I said. Get us out of here, Thalia yelled. Both angels looked down at her. Zeus's kid? Yes! Could I please? Could I get a please, Mrs. Zeus's kid? An angel asked. Please! The angels looked at each other and shrugged. Could use a stretch, one decided. And the next thing I knew, one of them grabbed Thalia and me, and the other grabbed Zoe and Grover, and we flew straight up. Over the dam and the river, the skeleton warriors shrinking to tiny specks below us, and the sound of gunfire echoing off the sides of the mountains and that was chapter 14 I hope you had had a good time listening to me read this chapter and uh, yeah also I kind of have to apologize because it's a really long chapter and um, the quality might have gone a little bad though I had some chewing gum in my mouth so I should have had my mouth being moist all the time, hopefully it was, and hopefully you couldn't hear all the time instead. Yeah, stay safe and bye!